All right, welcome everybody to the Sweaty Small Stuff Podcast. This is your host, Ethan. I'm here with my co-host, TJ. Welcome to the Sweat the Small Stuff Podcast. We, we are here. Start the fire. <laughs> what was that last bit? Uh, we didn't start the fire. We did not. We did we didn't not. Start it. Um, it's, it, we have some positive news on the on the fires in Portland, though. We, had we did rain. not burn in an inferno. Yeah. Yep, the, uh, the fires have backed up a little bit in the Portland metro area. They're no longer encroaching near us. And, and uh, got some of that famous Portland rain, finally. Oh, missed it so much. And it was, uh, it was excellent. I just it came in like at 4 a.m., and I woke up that morning, walked outside, and there were puddles outside from some like apparent flash storms, and uh, I loved it. Yeah, our air quality was uh, downgraded from hazardous to unhealthy for uh, what was it? Vulnerable groups. Yeah, it was like a there's like a number system on the air quality, and like the lower the better. And our air quality was like over 500 for a few days, which is apparently just hazardous to anybody breathing. Yeah, it's it's the equivalent of like smoking several cigarettes if you're out there for a certain amount of time. However, as of today, our air quality index is 26. Uh, the website iqair.com has little charts that show you like they've got like faces and our face is a smiling face and it That's... used to be a guy in like a like a mask so might... yeah we're gonna be okay go out on run today or something you know yeah. go outside i've opened my windows for the first time in a week and i've been enjoying the nice fresh air yeah you know what else i've been enjoying is some nfl football we are fully back into the season we had Thursday night football that we covered last week, and here we are. The regular season is full go, and we uh, we are here to recap week one for all you guys. Full so, go. Uh, tell, tell the listeners our, our gimmick of sorts today, how we're going to so, cover this. We have decided that the best way to cover all of these games was to limit ourselves to 30 seconds per game, and so we're going to fly through week one. Uh, at the rate of 30 seconds per game. And uh, if you don't get all your talking points out in 30 seconds, it's over. we got to move on. It's it. You're done. True. All right. So um, before we before we get into that, though, uh, we wanted to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs game a little bit more. Um, this was the initial Thursday night football game that we covered in our last podcast, Chiefs-Texans. Uh, however, there's been a little bit more news coming out on the game. There was a fan in attendance who tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, apparently, he was sitting in an air box, uh, which it seems to be a box that I'm guessing doesn't have windows or anything. It's like located in the middle of the stadium above some like fan stands areas. And uh, he was with a group of 10 people who have all now been directed to quarantine by the uh, Department of Health, I believe. And the NFL suggesting it as well because, hey, they allowed this to happen really um, apparently, every, everybody is supposed to be tested prior to going into a game. But um, according to Chiefs protocol, and I'm getting this from KansasCity.com, quote, according to Chiefs protocol, fans entering the open airfield box should have been tested prior to the game. A Chiefs spokesperson said that the fan in question 
was not tested before the game based on information they said came from the health department. The chief spokesperson said they do not yet know how the fan bypassed pregame testing. Uh, which is troubling to me on so many levels. First of all, is is it just an honor system? You walk up and say, I was tested, yes or no, and they just believe you? Um, many of the tests I am aware of don't have same-day results, uh, and this fan appears to have tested positive the day after. Um, was he showing symptoms? Why go and get a test after the fact? Uh, it just seems really irresponsible on the NFL's part, on Kansas City's part, uh, most importantly on this fan who uh, endangered everybody that he came into close contact with. Uh, I think it's a bad idea to be letting fans in the stands, even with uh, a lot of care, which is what it seemed Kansas City was taking in this instance, uh, allowing only a small number of fans to attend. But people are dumb. And dumb people are everywhere. This person is one of those dumb people. And uh, who knows? They may be one of those dumb people who ruins it for everybody. Yeah. Um, I know many stadiums are not allowing fans. And those that are allowing fans should take this as an example to make their uh, rules even more strict. Because these these are people's lives. Absolutely. And... Football, the NFL football, seems to be the only major sports organization that I'm aware of currently that's allowing fans in the stands, um, even on a minimal level. And it is a state-by-state -state basis where these teams are located. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri, though, you know, obviously is one of those states that is allowing on a limited capacity. I think they had a maximum of like 10 to 15,000 people there. That's, you know, when you have 10 to 15,000 people, especially in a, you know, southern state, I'm expecting something like this to happen. If the rules are that you need to be tested and have a positive or a negative test before showing up, then that should have been the end of it. That they don't know how this guy got through, but somehow gathered all of the information after the fact is just uh, a gross oversight on their part. Yep. All right. Well, that is. Uh... That's our follow-up discussion on Thursday Night Football. Didn't think we were going to have it, but here we are with additional tidbits coming our way several days after the fact. Um, but let's uh, pivot towards our Week 1 recap and uh, start start talking about these games that happened last week. I know I watched them, you watched them. we got a lot of stuff to say. I am going to start us off in this game. TJ, do you have a timer ready? I have a timer ready. I will start it the minute your lips start moving. The second. Eagles-Washington. The Eagles scored 17 points. Washington Football Club defeated them with 27. The Eagles blew a 17-point lead going into the second quarter. There were a lot of early overreactions on Wentz's performance, threw a lot of interceptions, unfortunately, but his rookie receiver, Rager, looked great for Washington. Scary Terry, not just a rookie sensation. He's here to stay. Do I huh. still have time? Yeah, you got, you got like eight seconds. So that was pretty good. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, um, you know, the Eagles, they got a lot to prove going forward. We didn't think this was going to happen. Uh, upset. Hey. Your time's up, buddy. All right. All 30 right. seconds. All right. All right. Well, I'm you ready? Time Am I ready? Am I going on three, one, two, three? One, two, three, go. All right. Okay. Let's start moving. 
All right, the Patriots and the Dolphins face off where Fitz average and the Dolphins fell to the New England Patriots, who are now led by the former Panthers quarterback Cam Newton. Newton threw 15 for 19 for 155 yards and also led the team in rushing with 75 yards, including two rushing touchdowns. Longtime Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman remained a main target despite the new quarterback. He caught five passes for 57 yards. Sony Michelle recorded the third touchdown for the Patriots, but had a below average performance of only 37 yards on 10 carries. The final score of this game is 11-21 Patriots. Yes. How did I, how, did I what was the timer there? <laughs> you timing me? Is that being timed? You're being time, man. You had like you finished for 28 seconds. All right. Well, I am. Uh, I'm ready for uh, Packers Vikings whenever you're. You got the timer up again. Hit it. All right. Packers defeat the Vikings 43 to 34. This was a shootout, but one in which the Packers led the entire time. Aaron Rodgers was angry over the social media outrage that he was over, and Jordan Love was coming in as a first round draft pick. Didn't happen. He kept throwing. He got Devontae Adams, the only receiver out there, who got 156 yards catching and two touchdowns. Green Bay's running back committee was in full force, though, with Aaron Jones leading the way. The Vikings tried desperately to make a comeback in the fourth. But unfortunately, although 38 combined uh, points in the fourth quarter. Ah, All right. Moving on to. The Colts and the Jaguars. Philip Rivers made his debut as the new quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. The saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks seems to remain true, at least for Philip Rivers, as he continues to have a high floor and low ceiling. While he managed to throw for over 300 yards and a touchdown, he also threw two interceptions, one of which was at a crucial point in the game where they were on their final stretch with less than a minute left and an opportunity to tie. He threw an interception, allowing the Jaguars to win. Minshew Mania continues as the mustached mayhem threw 19 for 20, 173 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions, while also gaining 19 rushing yards from five carries. He was able to spread the ball around while no wide receiver had 50 yards of offense. Three separate receivers got... All right, Bears uh, defeat the Lions 27-23. to This is one for the Trubisky truthers. He had a legit good game this time. He was even better than Patrick Mahomes in his matchup on Thursday Night Football. Trubisky threw 20 for 36 with three touchdowns, no interceptions. In the Chiefs game, however, Mahomes threw 24 for 32, 211 yards and three touchdowns. So we had literally uh, an equal amount of uh, excellence there. Adrian Peterson came off six days after signing with the Lions and ran for them, but it was no good. The Lions threw up Um, Game's tough. Next. The Carolina Panthers uh, faced off against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Panthers are now led by the former Saints backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, They fell to the Vegas Raiders. The Panthers running back, Christian McCaffrey, had an incredible game with 23 carries for 97 yards, including two touchdown runs, while Bridgewater had a good performance himself with 269 uh, yards through the air and one touchdown. However, it was not enough to beat the Las Vegas Raiders, where the 2019 first-round pick running back put the team on his back, uh, running three touchdowns touchdowns uh racking up 93 yards from 25 carries gentleman's name all right you can say his name (laughs) joshua jacobs nice jacobs killed it man doing teddy dirty by just calling him the former saints backup we just forgetting all of those vikings years wasn't he the former saints backup i mean mean, i'm going recent memory here all right, all right. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. 
Bills defeat the Jets 27-17. The Bills had an electric showing by Josh Allen, their quarterback. He did have some ball handling concerns, losing a fumble. However, he also threw for 312 yards and two touchdowns and is the Bills' first 300-plus yard passer in a game in four years since Tyrod Taylor did it in 2016. Bill Allen was also the Bills' leading rusher with one touchdown and 57 yards on the ground. For the Jets, Darnold did not impress, and the greater football cognoscenti is starting to bring him up into question on whether or not he's a really a starting quarterback in the NFL. Le'Veon Bell! Le'Veon Bell sucks. <laughs> Ball handling. I don't know. That's... Wow, man. What? Get your mind out of the gutter. What? I'm just worried about his ball handling. <laughs> Needs to lock that down. <clears throat> True. Moving on. To the Browns and the Ravens, Lamar Jackson looks like he hasn't missed a step from last year. The reigning MVP threw 20 for 25 uh, for 275 yards with uh, through the air with three touchdowns, no interception. He also led the team in rushing with 45 yards from seven carries, while the second-round draft pick, J.K. Dobbins, ran in two touchdowns themselves. Uh, meanwhile, Baker Mayfield and the Browns continue to look like a struggling, struggling team. Mayfield threw 21 for 39, 189 yards, one touchdown and one interception. The one-two punch of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield with a combined 132 yards did not do much to slow uh, down the Ravens uh, who take the game 38 to 6 nice work all right Seahawks defeat the Atlanta Falcons 38 to 25 everyone's been saying it all week you need to let Russ cook Russell Wilson Mr. Unlimited threw 31 for 35 with netting uh, 322 passing yards and four passing touchdowns after the game Patriots court, uh, coach out of nowhere, Bill Belichick, calls Wilson the best QB in the NFL, possibly underrated by the media. Tom Brady and Cam Newton in shambles. Donkey Kong Metcalf picks up where he left off for the Hawks, netting 96 yards and a touchdown after four catches. Chris Carson killing it in the running game as well with two running touchdowns. For the top, Todd Gurley got a receiving touchdown. Wasn't enough for him, though. I didn't even, like, watch that game. I had to, like, do a bunch of recap on it this morning to be able to talk on it. But, man, Russell Wilson, killing it. Mr. Unlimited. And so many people were just saying, you got to let Russ cook. I hated it. It's, All right. It's terrible. Uh, almost as terrible as Mr. Unlimited. Great quarterback. Just, I don't know. Just something about him. Something about yeah. him. All right. Moving right, on. We- the Chargers and the Bengals. Uh, the Chargers are now led by journeyman Tyrod Taylor, who managed to eke out a victory against the Bengals and their rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow. Uh, the low-scoring game highlights include 84 yards from the running back, Austin Eckler, who ran in one of LA's two tu- who run in LA's two touchdowns, the other scored by the defensive end, Melvin Ingram. Burrow, in his debut, went 23 for 36, 193 yards through the air and one interception. Joe Mixon remains an integral part of the offense, leading the team in rushing yards, while the usual reliable A.J. Green, who missed last season, only caught five for 51 yards. Final score, 16-13 charges. Cardinals defeated the 49ers 24-20. Kyler Murray picks up where he left off for the Cardinals in 2019, except this time he has a legit number one wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, who has immediately formed chemistry with Murray. Murray caught uh, through 14 passes to Hopkins, who caught all of them and, uh, and got 151 yards receiving on the night. It was an incredible showing by them, and Murray actually got another 91 yards on the ground as a running QB. However, for the 49ers, we wonder about Jimmy G. Good find, but he needs to step it up. (laughs) All right. Uh, Up next, 
The Tampa Bay, the Tampa Brady Buccaneers face off against the Saints in the old man football game of 2020. The two geriatric quarterbacks uh, took to the field. Uh, Tom Brady, for the first time, not wearing a Patriots uniform. The Saints continue to be a powerhouse behind Drew Brees, who threw two touchdowns while Alvin Kamara ran in a third. Is Tom Brady washed up? It's too early to tell, but he is not surrounded by a team that is disciplined as he used to. His performance was marred by penalties and two interceptions, one of which was ran back for a touchdown. This is now the third game in a row for the ancient human uh, to throw a pick six. You did it. All right. That's the 30-second <laughs> marker. <laughs> you killed it. These guys right. are old. Yep. Uh, all right. All right. Well, let's uh, move it right along to the Cowboys defeating the Rams. Um, or Actually, sorry, other way around. The Rams defeating the Cowboys 20-17. to Controversial ending. Hard Knocks darling Jalen Ramsey in the fourth quarter fakes a uh, pass interference call. He flopped his way to it. And it was not challengeable due to the new rule changes this year, going snip-snap on whether you could call those out. Mike McCarthy's first game, game as Dallas head coach goes awry. However, Zeke did run for 96 yards and a touchdown while also catching a touchdown pass. But it was all Rams, baby, with Malcolm Brown running for 79 yards and two touchdowns. Rams by 105 yards, Robert Woods. All right. Ah. <sighs> Before I get into this next one, I just want people to know that I, I had been taking notes. Uh, now the next game is the Titans-Broncos, and this one's going to be all off the cuff. So here we go. Uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos uh, at Mile High Stadium. Brian Tannehill goes 29 for 43, 249s in the air and two passing touchdowns, while Derrick Henry's 31 attempts uh, for 116 yards, no touchdowns, managed to uh, get a victory over the Broncos, 16-14. Vic Fangio had a controversial last couple of minutes where he failed to manage the clock correctly, according to a lot of critics, allowing the Titans to run the clock out on their final drive, leaving Drew Locke and the Broncos only 17 seconds to try to come back, and they lose by two points. That sucked to watch. <laughs> yeah. All right, my last game here. We got Steelers-Giants. Steelers defeat the Giants 26-16. to Big Ben isn't dead yet. While getting ready for retirement, he's still out there slinging it and threw three touchdown passes with no interceptions for 229 yards on 21 for 32 passing. The Steelers were in control throughout the game, and Juju Smith-Schuster getting uh, blasted all – all year long for not being able to live up to the hype last year. He got two touchdown receptions, and running back Snell ran for 115 yards. Giants offense is a problem. It was inefficient. Uh, Their running back Darius Slayton. Was that our last game? Or that was it. Have... That was it. All right. All right. I, I guess if we wanted to address uh, last night's game or Thursday night football. The Browns versus the Bengals. Yeah, Thursday night football. Let's do it, man. That was a that was a barn burner. What you would not expect from a, a all Ohio NFL game. Uh, Joey Burrow's like he, you know, he has garbage around him. AJ Green did nothing, but he was pretty light footed out there for as big of a guy he is, and he does look legit. Getting a lot of comparisons to Peyton Manning's rookie year in the NFL, where he set the interception record, but everyone knew he was still, you know, a, an all star in the making. A lot of similar feelings around Joe Burrow, but on the other side of it, man, the Browns killed it with that rushing attack between Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They were going all night long, and Odell Beckham Jr. did fine with you know over 70 yards receiving and a touchdown. Yeah, he did have uh, one particularly uh, sexy uh, catch early in the game, and yeah, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that one-two punch, uh, 
whatever issues they may have been having in game one, they seem to have worked him out by game two. Uh, just an incredible showing by the Browns. You mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers maybe taking some things to heart, uh, things from the media, social media. I think Baker Mayfield also uh, maybe got his chip on his shoulder from a lot of people saying, like, is is he still like a worthy quarterback? He definitely showed, at least in this game, that uh, he can still throw the ball around. But I think the big story is, is Joe Burrow, who had over 60 attempts with no interceptions, which is insane. Uh, it looked like that offensive line was made out of Swiss cheese. He was getting beat up all over the place, but did not turn over the ball through the air. He did have a strip sack um, that allowed the Browns to get amazing field position. I think they uh, got him and they recovered it on the one yard line. So they were able to convert that into points. But uh, yeah, Joe Burrow looks like he's going to be a really great NFL player if uh, the Bengals don't manage to ruin his uh, mental abilities or his physical abilities to, you know, stand up and walk because he's just getting tore up out there. That's a big if. And, uh, yeah, I think I saw a stat that he got sacked more times last night than he did in, like, the entire college football year last year. Um, something ridiculous Ouch. like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are plenty of people out there that are great you know, NFL and initial talents that get squandered. I mean, we're kind of wondering the same thing in New York with Sam Darnold, if he's going to be able to make it out of out of that franchise alive, if he's going to be able to, you know, do something with them before they give up on him, just because he's got really nothing to work with in my mind. Well, away we go from the NFL, and uh, let's hey, go into college football. Uh, college football just got some news that the Big Ten Conference has voted to resume football in October. Uh, so they famously had withdrawn from the 2020 season. Um, you know, the Big Ten Conference for such bigger football teams as Ohio State and as Michigan, several others, but a lot of big name schools. And um, yeah, they we weren't expecting them to go in, but I think there's a lot of pressure on uh, the leaders of that conference due to other big conferences such as the SEC and the ACC moving forward successfully, it seems, with their seasons this year. And uh, I think there's a lot of fear over not being ranked in this season and a lot of fear that it was going to hurt their recruiting going into next year if they didn't have any play this year. And, it, yeah. it bothers me that those fears somehow are greater than the fear of protecting the lives of these student-athletes um, you know, are we going to be having these games uh, played into an empty stadiums? Is is that confirmed? Because if it's not, we have evidence we discussed at the beginning of this episode that even if you have strict guidelines for who can and cannot attend, there's still going to be the possibility that people are going to come in contact uh, with COVID-19. Uh, Players from other teams, you know, uh, we've talked about this already, that the col college football is not the NFL. They can't just take these people and, and separate them from the general populace, much like you could a professional athlete, either by putting them up in a hotel or, uh, you know, having them with their own money be able to afford to stay up in a nice home away from the general population. Students don't have that luxury, and uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. I feel like a lot of people... Regular folks don't have access to the to just you can't just walk up and get a, a test right now. You can't. 
And it's crazy to me that these college football teams are essentially guaranteeing a small subset of their student population uh, preferential treatment to get this type of testing, to get this type of health care that I can almost guarantee will not be available for the regular student body. Yeah, um, there's a lot of fears with any any kind of reassembly of these student athletes. So I'm not a huge fan of it. I certainly hope that there's not going to be people in the stadiums, but I don't know that for sure. We'll see. And um, they're they're going forward. I don't think there's going to be any vaccine by the time they're even done with this season, though. So it you know the virus obviously is not done, and uh, there's no way to tell where it is. It's everywhere. So. It's always uh, a bit nerve-wracking to see another sport um, organization come back. I hope them the best. I hope it's all done. Yes. Yeah, I hope nothing goes wrong. But, yeah. I mean, hope does nothing. <laughs> True. All right. Uh, well, getting out of college football there with that story, uh, moving into just bubbles. You know, we've been covering them in the NBA and the NHL. As we I don't know. I just wanted to do it. <laughs> That's a good, uh, you know, I feel like it's a good hockey sound whenever there's a goal scored there. They have a buzzer like that. Um, anyway, with uh, the NBA bubble, though, the uh, Western and Eastern Conference Finals are underway. Last time we spoke, the teams were set for the Eastern Conference Finals, but we were still in the midst of that Nuggets-Clippers series in the West. That one has concluded, and the Nuggets have advanced to the Western Conference Finals, where they are currently in a battle with the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. The Lakers are currently leading that uh, matchup 1-0. And on the east side, we have Miami Heat battling against the Boston Celtics, and the Miami Heat are up 2-0. So we are getting ever closer to an NBA Finals. And uh, excited to see what happens, but we have lost our the media's dream of an all-Los Angeles Western Conference. The Nuggets, uh, they wouldn't allow it. Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray came in, and they said, nah. We in, Personally, we I'm pulling for the Nuggets to uh, to make it to the the championship game. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm a hater. I think I think LeBron James has had enough. He's had enough. <laughs> he's uh, he's had a, a taste of success before. I think some might say. And uh, yeah, out there on the on the East, um, the the Heat are killing it right now. They're up two zero. And I didn't think that would be the case. I didn't think the Heat were going to make it this far with Jimmy Butler being their star player. I'm a Bulls fan. Jimmy Butler played on the Bulls for several years, and he got us to the Eastern Conference Finals previously. Um, but I've just never seen him as that guy with that killer instinct that can make it all the way there. Uh, he's, he was locker room trouble before he left Chicago. And then, um, you know, he kind of left that disaster in Philadelphia that's still going on with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. He couldn't mesh with them, so I was just kind of, you know, I always thought, all right, Jimmy Butler's a guy that'll get you to the playoffs, uh, but how far you can advance in the playoffs, I don't know, and I don't think he can get to a championship round. I am being proven wrong. So this is me saying I'm sorry, Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets. All right, in hockey, the National Hockey League playoffs are uh, all the way to the finals. We're in the Stanley Cup now, Stanley Cup finals. And our Golden Knights did not make it, unfortunately. They fell in their conference finals to the Dallas Stars. And the Dallas Stars are going to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. First game tonight in the end of the NHL bubble. So game one takes place today at 4.30 p.m. 
Pacific. And I think it's time for you and I to make another small-time bet. Small-time uh, bets. I don't remember what our last wager was or, or who made the decision, but uh, there's just something about this Tampa Bay Lightning logo that I'm feeling, and I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Tampa Bay takes this uh, victory here. What do you say? Yeah, Are you ready I mean, to back the Dallas Stars? I'll take the Stars. I know uh, you probably have some bittersweet feelings about the Stars right now. Uh, maybe just bitter because they took down your Golden Knights. I, I'm uh, recently jumping on the bandwagon here since my uh, my Oilers fell out of it. But I know you're uh, you're a diehard Knight. So yeah, I will back up their their killer so you can avenge the Golden Knights' death. Get some get some revenge here. The the Dallas Stars. It's like uh, if we can't have it, I don't want. I don't want anyone to have it, but uh, Honestly, Dallas Stars did take on the Golden Knights, and uh, I hope they get destroyed. Let's I go think Lightning. our last small-time bet might have been on the Pacific Division between the Golden Knights and the Oilers. I'm not sure if we had one since then on the pod. I think you're right. Yeah, so moving from the Pacific Division to a game starting in Pacific time. So. <laughs> to the specific Division. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, well, that is our, our sports news for the day. Uh, recommendation uh, station over here. TJ, you got any? Yes. You recommend yes, some do. buzzers? Uh, I recommend you get a buzzer app on your phone and press the button whenever you feel like it. It's good. No, uh, I have been watching the new HBO Max show, Raised by Wolves. Uh, it's this crazy futuristic sci-fi show about like uh, a pair of androids that were sent to uh, this planet that is uh, habitable by humans to potentially raise the next generation of humans because the humans on Earth, uh, due to a religious war, have like, essentially ended all human life on Earth in a nuclear holocaust. Uh, super great show, and it just got renewed for a season two by HBO Max. So it's going to be around for a little while, and I don't know, it's just really good. And I, I like the intro as well. Nice. Um, I will recommend the album Virgo by Lil Tecca. And uh, it's a new album that came out this week. I think it's an album, not a mixtape, but whatever it is, it's a really good project. I like it. He's a fairly unknown rapper, at least I'm just learning about him now. Doesn't seem like he's getting a huge amount of traction, but there is a little bit of hype around it. So I encourage people to go out there on Spotify and give this guy a listen. Uh, Lil Tecca, T-E-C-C-A. And uh, all right, well, that's our that's our episode, everybody. Thank you we for tuning in once again. We appreciate it. And uh, until you hear from us next time, keep sweating. Keep sweating.